Happy Halloween. We're here on Trending in Education, and today we're talking about brains and creativity. Lots to dive into, but we wanted to make sure to wish you a happy Halloween as you're out with the kids or trick-or-treating yourself. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for taking us along with you. Now, with no further ado, let's hear about brains. An eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise... Welcome back to Trending Education. Dan Strafford, Michael Palmer, Brandon Jones here with you, and today we're talking creativity, both in the classroom and how your brain works around being creative. Lots to get to, but first, I always like to ask, Mike, how are you doing this week? What's new in your world? Uh, what's new in my world is I've been thinking a lot about my brain uh, and um, its neurochemistry. And, uh, and it, I had one of those moments, uh, walking into work today where I was like, wow, They're like my brain is experiencing all this. You know, sometimes you remember that your brain is kind of like the center of your being, but like most of the time you don't, we'll get into this later as part of this show, but this show is very much what's going on inside my it's, brain. It's brain centric. It's brain centric. Yeah. yeah. And Brandon yourself, are you as uh, deep into the recesses of your brain or are yeah, you a little so bit? As, yeah. as, as prep for this, uh, this pod, I, I did um, the, how many uses for a paperclip can I come up with exercise? Ah, and yes. I only came up with one. Yeah. Like holding paper together. <laughs> it was holding paper together. <laughs> so that's, that's a strong one. Yeah. So I started with one. That was as many as I got to. Right. So I, I think I may need to, to listen to our own pod here and yes. figure out. How to, how to bone up gets, on the, the get creativity. Di- get divergent with there your you thinking. If you uh, hang out with my daughter, you can figure out how to stab your younger sister with one because that seems uh, to be I'm up to two. That's, That's two. That's good. <laughs> There's two. But, uh, Mike, many times over, we've talked about STEM here on the show, uh, STEAM, with the, the arts being introduced into that construct. By, Dan, just to be clear, by STEM, you mean science, technology, engineering, and math? Math. Yeah. Yes. We, Not, we got disambiguated with that good, a little good, while good. Ago. And then you're saying the A, when it becomes STEAM, uh, the, uh, the acronym STEAM. Uh, the A would stand for arts. Correct. And then, is- and then, and then, even further still. Yes. Now there is stream, where reading is fundamental. Right. And then it's science, technology, reading, uh, engineering, arts, and math. Nailed it. No, you got. It. You still got it. Uh, the problem is when you nail it, you can't lean away from your microphone. Right. Yeah, you have to right. continue. You gotta to lean stay. in. Yeah, yeah. But what? Come on, Cheryl. Please. And get- now to talk about the islands in the stream, uh, yeah. we will continue on talking about creativity. Uh, but you, we talk about and and Dan, that was a little bit of stream of consciousness. Oh man. Uh, please continue to listen. I'll stop. <laughs> uh, I will continue. Uh, so uh, as we discuss this topic, you uh, shared a number of articles that will be shared via Twitter and, and different uh, ways to go down talking here. One, creative, teaching creativity, the idea of how to discuss and how to go about that. And then the idea of how your brain works with creativity. And that really struck a chord with me of, of how your brain functions. And one th- thing you saw was that it's not the right side, left side idea. It's the connective tissue between the two. Um, wh- what interests you about creativity and what brought you to uh, that sort of side of it, how your brain works to be creative? Uh, I'm just, no joke, I'm, I'm very fascinated by the brain and neurochemistry and neuroscience. And I think lots of times, you know, I, 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 my background is in the social sciences, but I kind of realize soft sciences eventually just turn into people talking about stuff so like when you start talking about neurochemistry and brain research it's real 
you know, and at least my, my belief is that it's real. Uh, and then in terms of creativity, to your point, what we're finding is that it takes many sides of the brain, not just one side, it takes both sides. And then it even takes the middle part, which connects the two hemispheres of the brain together. So uh, I thought it was interesting, that article, I, you know, it, uh, you know, rather than being, than that being right-brained is where creativity is, it's more that the more connected your brain is, the more creative you are. And the more um, you're kind of tying things together rather than um, almost over-specializing in one side of the brain or the other. Um, so I just thought, I thought that was pretty interesting um, perspective. And then I also like starting with harder science around like the brain and neurochemistry and then associating that with stuff that is a little more abstracted and a little more um, uh, almost opinion or like how people understand things, but it's still rooted in something a little more uh, hard science. So that's why, that's why that article and then uh, the other neuro, neuroscience articles uh, were interesting to me. Yeah, I, I thought um, a couple things from this one, and this was the, the same connections between the, um, the hemispheres uh, article that I'm talking about. Yep. Um, I liked that it was uh, highly creative people have significantly more white matter connections shown in green. Yes. Which I, I thought that was a creative uh, demonstration. Right. Like you could have chosen white, for example. Right. 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 Um, but, uh, that, that was the, the connectivity piece. And then the, the, the part that I, uh, I mentioned in, in my, uh, my intro, um, was the way they determined this was they, they did these, um, exercises to have people come up with, uh, uses yes. of paper clips. Yeah. And it, it's frequently like finding as many possible solutions to something. Draw as many geometrical diagrams yes. as you can in yes. five minutes. And that the people who outperformed were statistically, um, uh, had, had, uh, statistically significantly more connections shown mm -hmm. in green, mm -hmm. um, than, uh, than people who didn't. Right. But I have a, I have a quick hot take Please. on this. Oh, is this the hot take? This is the hot take. Oh, there may be others, but this one in particular, this is you, the hottest of my this hot This is as hot as they come. And, and I, I like, I, I want to disclaim, I, I have no, um, I mean, no disrespect to the, to the Duke, um, university researchers who studied the. The macaques. What? What was it? They they studied some some some. I guess these were people. The other one they were studying monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah. Is it pronounced macaque? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Is yeah. that a monkey? Yeah, it is. I think. Um, I think we just don't know anything. <laughs> I think that that's it's all good. We can look it up. We we have we have high speed internet here. We'll figure it out. No, no, you're missing out. That's my that's my. Hot oh, this take. is the hot take. Please yeah. continue. I think we just don't know much about things. Well, yes. So like, because every now and then a new thing comes out that says, but wait, yeah, the thing that you thought before that was statistically significantly right. proven through research, sure. false. Science up until this point was wrong. Right. Like basically science up into this point, up, up to this point has always been wrong. Like, you know, if, take everything that was ever a thing. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing. It's hot. You're, it's your hot moment. Go, I, go, just I'm, go I'm, with I'm it. I'm coming in hot. I'm throwing yeah. shade. Um, so, so we can get back to this in a we'll second, but, to, but yeah. first you're going next level. I think it's that the thing that is most profound to me is how, you know, we walk around with these brains yeah. in our heads. I was talking, I was noticing that this morning. I know, I'm, yeah. uh, it's a callback to, yeah. to your morning, uh, morning walk in and yeah, my reverie. We've been doing this for millennia. Like, I mean, I'm not that old, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but we as a species for yeah. sure, yeah. And, um, and we know so little, like yeah. it's, it's really incredible. And I, I think that, um, 
may, maybe these these findings, the one we're talking about here, and, and I think um, interesting one on uh, on motivation, we'll talk about um, in a little bit. Uh, may, maybe this is like these are all we are we are at the the cusp of some you know a real age of understanding brain chemistry yes. and. Um, or, or maybe we just don't know much. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in, uh, in, in talking about this mm-hmm. and, and thinking through this. I, I would, I would maybe characterize this as the best thing that we think based on what we think today. Yeah. Because stay tuned because, but wait, yeah, there's uh, there may be more, there may be more coming. Well, I mean, I guess we're, I would, I would agree to a point. I think there's also, there's the disruptive part of science when like, something that previously was thought is debunked, uh, which there's a little bit of that with the whole right the brain. The right brain, yeah. yeah. Although right think, brain, wrong brain. <laughs> but uh, there's also more the accretive aspect to science where like you build on other people's research. So like there's research on motivation and then someone identifies that the activity around motivation is tied to a particular location in the brain, for let, example. Let me just talk about dinosaur bones for one. Oh, that's good, yes, please, yeah. yeah. So um, kids love dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs when sure. I was a kid. Who doesn't love dinosaurs? When I, was a, when, I, when I was a kid, there were like five different dinosaurs. Yeah. I was a kid a long time ago. Sure. And now there's like 500,000 dinosaurs. Right. So one thing that's interesting is that something like 60% of all new dinosaur discoveries right. are within a decade yeah. debunked. Right. They're like, oh, you actually found a baby version of this other adult dinosaur. Right. So th- there is, I think there is a bias towards uh in research and and again no 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 shade the shade out is not specifically coming to these two yeah continue to do that good work don't don't listen to brandon too much but yeah yeah, please continue but i think there's a bias towards finding new things like that i think that's a human condition that we like to Mm -hmm. we like new and you know it's like it's like how um meteorologists have a a wet bias right they they would rather report it's going to rain than it's going to sun because Mm -hmm. that keeps them in their in their jobs i think there is not even with any ill intent or or bad experiment design necessarily Mm -hmm. there's there is this bias towards new and towards discovery so um that that's where my brain has been spending its time thinking creatively about our understanding of creativity. Yeah. Is what do we really know? Dude. Yeah. That's like deep. Okay. So I'm thinking about how I'm like this, this soft cantaloupe, you know, bouncing around in my skull and and, 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 in your skull. Well, that too. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you're thinking about how like, you know, nothing, Jon Snow. That's what he just said to us. Yeah. And how science like, doesn't really know that much yeah yeah wow yeah so uh so welcome to the show we're talking about creativity that's right yeah yeah dan uh you're, <laughs> you're up on that. All this. well i i i would say uh i agree with you mike that all science is true until proven false right like it's a, a theory or or a, a thought process that is to be tested again and again so a, eventually a, a, hypothesis. a hypothesis yeah um and uh, eventually things will be proven wrong and hopefully things will be proven right more often that need to be and they, they move forward um i do find it uh interesting to question everything though and i think that's where brandon comes back to there is that we question the the science question what's true and, and continue to ask the tough questions of, of things such as how our brains work or how we learn well, um, you know, growth mindset. This goes back to sort of uh, where I, I saw the episode going, maybe not to where Brandon did, but uh, talking about learning to be creative. And so many people will say, oh, I'm not creative. I don't, under- yeah, I, I can't do it. I, I'm not, it's not my, my brain. I'm a, a left side 
person. I, I'm math. I'm science. I, I can't think about being creative. Uh, but it is interesting to take that back to what Brandon said. Maybe we don't know. Maybe we can learn everything. It is Carol Dweck. It is growth mindset. Uh, even in writing and plays and and filmmaking and the creative endeavors uh, that someone who is science-based may not think they can enter into. Yeah. I think there's, let's, let's stay on the heart that just after I got, I just, I just, just threw so much shade. It's good. It's good. I want to stick with this hard science though, because, um, and for what it's worth, like the articles that you shared got me thinking about this. And so there's some good articles like at, um, and and this is all, it's all from science daily. Science daily is good, right? It brings it. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what the frequency is that Science Daily comes uh, <laughs> out with, or what its subject matter is, but uh, I, uh, I I've liked these couple of articles. Um, there was the other one uh, that that I think is worth talking about in this hard science section of the pod, um, the the brain region that motivates behavior change. Oh, are you talking about the posterior cingulate cortex? I think I am. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been until I read this. Yeah, let's do that one more time. The posterior cingulate cortex. Yeah. So that is, uh, you, you nailed that. You I came, did. You came in prep for that. Yeah, um, yeah. So that is, so the, the, the headline here is brain region that motivates behavior change discovered. Yes. I think discovered is a funny word. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what's that in my head? Um, but I think this is, this is pretty interesting because I think this gets a little bit to, to some of the grid and growth mindset actually yeah. also. Also to Dan's point, I think this one gets gets to like how you can teach people right so i think and and maybe we get to a softer landing from this hard science start um there but uh the idea is like um uh you know that they're or they intro this by saying have you ever been stuck in a rut yes yes i I mean yes they introduce it that way and also a good country song too i think that's the beginning of a good country song i think i think think my dog died um to be (laughs) experimental subject in this uh in this uh i had a pickup and you're good (laughs) and um so this was this is the one with the monkeys um but uh the the idea is that there is a part of the brain that they have now determined to be um uh have an outsized impact on motivation mm-hmm. and they talk about things and this is where it gets to maybe teaching uh, folks they talk about things that you can do that stimulates activity in that part of your brain yes. so you know the, a couple of the, they offered here um, uh, gameplay that promotes distraction um, I guess that's the only one of the couple that they offered yeah it looked like two when I was looking at it um, but uh, you know, I think that the idea that there is, you know, a neurochemical um, component to motivation mm-hmm. and that you actually can do things that promote that um, is, is pretty cool. I agree. That one really got me going. So like the, the first one got me going because it was talking about the, the corpus callosum. See, like, you know, the, the whole, because st- it took me back to the split brain, split brain. Uh, research that was done back in the day with uh, folks with epilepsy where they would uh, cut the connections between the two hemispheres and they would find that their seizures wouldn't get as bad because basically when you have an epileptic seizure it starts in one hemisphere and then sort of ping pongs across the corpus callosum uh, to make the seizure like grand mal which is bad Uh, big bad in French yeah Uh, and then uh, so that got me thinking, wow, you know, like for those, those folks with the split brains, uh, they're losing some creativity, smaller seizures, probably less creative 
You know, I, I was like, hmm, I hadn't thought about that that way. So it got me thinking about the brain. And then next, lo and behold, they discover the posterior cingulate cortex. If I was the neurosurgeon who discovered that, I'd want to put a little toothpick flag. <laughs> be like this, I claim, I hereby claim the posterior cingulate cortex for doctor, whomever. <laughs> but, uh, but what I thought was really interesting is that it talked about how that it tied motivation. The article tied motive, the research has tied motivation to breaking routines. And I thought that was really interesting because like that was like a, a bit of an epiphany for me because it's like, and then tying that to creativity so that, you know, we're, our brains are searching for the new to get back to your previous point, but we're also like designed to kind of get routinized almost to the point that we're, we're in a rut. And that's why there are some parts of our brain that are designed to kind of like break us out of those ruts. And it got me thinking about one of the things that I try to do as much as I can, uh, because I have the same kind of commute all the time, is just do it differently as often as I can. Just like typically I go down this street, you know, it's roughly the same distance. I'm going to try going in a different direction just for the sake of breaking that routine. And I think those types of tactics, you know, the whole, the brain is like a muscle until it's disproven, of course. <laughs> but like, you know, if you practice like forcing yourself to adopt a slightly different routine, I think that actually can help you become more creative because then you start to get self-aware around, oh, I'm in a rut. I'm in that sort of pattern that I have. Now I can kind of break that routine. And it was really interesting. That's what, and then like, this all brings me back to, I'm, I'm all inside my head because I'm like, oh, wow. So when I decide to, you know, take the D train instead of the N train, I'm actually using my posterior cingulate cortex. Yeah, you're using your something. Um, <laughs> it's interesting, just one layer deeper on, on that, um, uh, just on the routine piece. Yeah. Um, routines are only, in, in, this, in this research, it was um, that this part of the brain was activated to get out of the rut, only when a routine becomes, stops having the same return on routine, ah. the, the same ROR. So like they were talking, there's these monkeys again. Rawr. Uh, rawr. And, um, and it is macaque, so you should pronounce it correctly. Thank you, thank you. Nice, the, uh, Q, the Q is hard, Yeah. like the science we're right. talking about. You got it. Um, so these, uh, these monkeys, uh, there was like one experiment was called the traveling salesman where right. monkeys would go around to these six different rooms. Some would have treats. Some would have nothing. Do they carry a little briefcase? <laughs> I think so. Yes, <laughs> that's little hats. Yeah, and um, so they would develop this routine, and they would go and they would con they would find the best path to get the, the, the treats. Sure. And so that routine, as long as that routine is returning you treats, that routine is actually good. And so I think right. that it's 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 neither firing off in your posterior cingulate cortex. Nailed it. Thank you. Ding. Um, nor does it need to, because there isn't actually a need to change that routine while that routine is still returning on the routine, right? right. So right, right. it's when the treats started to be taken away sure. that the monkeys were still going on that same route because right. they're like bringing their little briefcase and they're like, I know, I go to this door, there's a treat behind this door right. and then two doors down, more treats. And then two doors down, there was no more treats. Right. And so they kept going. Right. How long it was, does it, it take them to realize? To break off. And yeah. now they are in. You are sans treats over there. All right. What yeah. used to be like a great routine for you. Yes. No longer. So I think mm. that's, that's the other piece. Um, I, I like the, the D train, N train, shorter street, longer street. Sure. I, I also 
think it's helpful to think about having a mechanism, so, so self-awareness, just bringing it from the monkeys to the, to the humans. Again, yeah, yeah. To, to be self-aware enough to know when your routine is no longer giving you the yield sure. of whatever treats uh, physical or metaphorical right. um, that, you're, that it had been, to be aware of that. And then pr- uh, potentially based on, based on this research, yeah. to do the things that can stimulate the motivation to get you out of that rut. That's interesting because when you, you kept on saying treats, uh, yeah. I was enjoying the word treats. Yeah. Uh, but I was also... I was going right where you went, which is like, for me, my treats are a little different. Like maybe, uh, maybe I see a different part of the city than I would have seen otherwise. Or maybe, uh, you know, I just get a, I get a different perspective. Yeah. And like, for me, I've sort of, I have a slightly more brain than your average macaque, I would argue. <laughs> Do you? Uh, I would argue. <laughs> uh, so that I can define my own treats at times. True. And, uh, and then also... I think become even more like nimble because I think that's the other thing around flexibility of thought. You go on CB12 again. It's all plasticity, <laughs> nimbleness. Yeah, yeah. But um, but the, I mean, the creativity research I thought was really uh, fascinating. And then uh, we did have an article about how to teach right. creativity and, and how. Before before we go there, just yeah. one last thing. This yeah, yeah. My, we can this, we can always tie back to the brain. This is this is my last. This is my. I have one last uh, patch of shade to throw. Oh please. Which is um. Yeah. So I I, I was not a psychology uh, major in college. Sure. But um, <laughs> I did take some psychology classes. Mm-hmm. And the thing that that stands out that stood out to me was Phineas Gage. Yes. Yeah. I don't think we, we haven't talked about Phineas on. Oh this, my God! On this is this? Here. We should just go deep. We need to go deeper on this. This yeah. is this is good. But anyway, Phineas going to bring. We'll it do here. the we'll do the the quick version now, yeah. and we'll see we'll see timing wise. So here's here's the story of Phineas Gage. Phineas Gage, yeah, is a railroad worker. Sure, he was working on the railroad. Yeah. all the live long day. Great name, although it was in an age where you would get a great name. Yeah, it was it like was, 1850s or so. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And he takes a railroad spike through the eye. It goes through his eye, through his head, out the back of his head. Yeah. And, and this is, pr- just to be clear, 1850s, that's pre-internet. So there's no video of this. It didn't go viral. It wasn't on America. no YouTube how-to to remove right. it. Correct. It wasn't on America's funniest, uh, funniest home videos, uh, 18, was, 1850s railroad worker it was, edition. It was not. Okay. Um, and so they determined based on this. So he had like a big hole, uh, he had two big holes. Actually. I, think it was, I think the spike was stuck in his head for a while. It, it was stuck in his head and then eventually came out. Um, and they, they, this is, this is, the, this Such is, a, it is. It's an amazing story. They decide, they've determined that the part of the brain that was damaged by this railroad spike was the one that controlled personality. Because before mm. uh, the, taking the railroad spike through the head, he was a happy-go-lucky mm. guy. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, he was real ornery yeah and i always wondered maybe it's because he took a railroad spike <laughs> through the head like is that maybe what made him a little ornery oh are you having a bad day phineas gage you don't know what i've been through man yeah yeah all right so good story that was a you. good story we need to talk let us know, hopefully let us know if you like us phineas, talking. if about, you're listening if you like us talking about brains and and uh neurochemistry tell us uh if not uh Please keep listening and uh, maybe don't tell us that. Yeah. We're, we want to keep talking about we do. this. It's fun. Do you want to tie this back to create, teaching creativity? Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, I, I do think what was interesting about that article about the traveling salesman uh, experiment was also that they, they found if they uh, 
stimulated directly with uh, electrodes, uh, it uh, promoted uh, being more exploratory, right? So it, it pushed the monkeys to try new paths to find those treats. Um, and I do think that maybe not with electrodes, but with stimulation does tie back to the classroom of how do we, you know, stimulate students or stimulate ourselves to try new things, to explore new ways of doing things and to be creative. Not only the way I said it before, creative in sense of I'm going to write a poem or I'm going to write a play, but also creative in how we solve problems. How many ways can we come about solving things? And I, I found it really interesting. And obviously, translating from monkeys to men and women can be difficult in how you uh, stimulate because you can't use electrodes. Uh, but uh, from this point of view, Mike, uh, do you see a connection of being able to stimulate and get students and, and learners uh, to explore new ways of doing things and, and be more creative in their solution finding process? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of the techniques around uh, divergent thinking, especially, are try to come up with as many solutions as possible for a problem. And uh, that's good because I think the problem around the rut is a real cognitive condition that we fall into a lot where like there's, there's one frame through which we're seeing a problem. There's one way in which we're defining a problem space and that just limits our ability to solve it because we think, well, you know, it's a nail. The only way to, to, to solve it is to have a hammer. <laughs> you're going for this gauge on me again <laughs> maybe you have a big rock I, I don't know i don't know where i'm going with that but um but uh and i, I don't want to open too many doors because i know we're, we're coming up on time but um it also did make me think a little bit about Neuralink, which we've talked about in the past and like if there were a way for us to uh you know dial up dial down our creative versus performative uh, brains, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I think I'm on the record as someone who would prefer like cognitive tricks as opposed to implants, but it did make me think specifically when you get hard science about specific areas of the brain, it does start to, to your point, uh, Brandon, it's like, it does remind me that we're getting close to a point where we will be able to directly impact our brains and then conceivably students brains although that's a whole nother level uh-oh yeah yeah but like we're almost there we're almost there and then and then the interesting thing the other reason why i'm reluctant to take the implant is to your point lots of times we don't really know what's going <laughs> that's on true. so the yeah. next thing you know somebody's putting like a shunt in your brain yeah and who knows what happens yeah you know i'm gonna be standing in line. i think it's in my mind it's like the uh, the standing line for the new app the, the, the iPhone, new iphone for sure like the new Neuralink, Neuralink five <laughs> you're gonna need the upgrade you're gonna, you're gonna need be the like upgrade. oh my god the sometimes it's just so software sometimes it's like just yeah. you know new um Neuralink, uh, os uh 1.1 not to mention malware but sometimes oh yeah grandma <laughs> grandma yeah. oh my goodness on that note uh i think we've come to a close here on this episode tons more to talk about and i do think both uh, brain chemistry and uh, teaching creativity in the classroom are subjects we can come back to uh, in future episodes things to discuss want to hear from you guys on twitter at trending and ed same on facebook let us know uh, your point of view on this if you're a teacher um, how do you go about stimulating your classroom to get them to think differently about how they are solving problems um, how do you go about introducing creativity in the classroom uh, also share out a link to uh, an article on 30 ways uh, to introduce creativity in the classroom that uh, we found interesting but didn't get to on today's podcast. So for Mike and for Brandon, this is Dan. Thanks so much for listening to Trending in Education. We'll see you next time right here on Trending in Education. Then you can monster mash. Monster mash. Monster mash.